There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Man, it is Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and I already have... No, it's Tuesday. It's Monday. It's Monday. We're recording early this week. All right, so we'll just we'll just um, we'll delete all that and re-record, right? That's how we roll. All right, everybody, welcome back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I was going to say is it's the Monday before Thanksgiving, and I already have a Thanksgiving food hangover, and it's fantastic. I'll, I'll get in. I'll get more into that later. We had a we had our first taste of pecan pie last night. Oh, uh, homemade pecan pie. I'm I'm not a pecan pie guy, but I was like, I almost went back for a second piece. I, I am, I think that is my go-to pie just at any given moment. If someone's like, uh, we're going to, we're going to stop by <laughs> like this happens to me all the time. <laughs> we're going to stop by the pie store. Michael, do you want something I'm like, yeah, pecan pie. Well, what if they don't have that? Well, if they don't have that, then nothing. I don't want anything. <laughs> just, just don't bring, bring, come home. Pieless. Bring, bring me a burrito or apple fritter. <laughs> What a, what a, what a spectrum you, you gave there. Pie, fritter, burrito. It's almost like like you're talking like a, like a donut shop that also serves burritos, like breakfast burritos. I think we're onto something. Well, there's that one on on university that sells breakfast burritos. I don't know if they sell pies, but it's not a far leap to go from donuts to like a fried pie. No. (sighs) What about a fried pecan pie? I've had those. They're fantastic. There's that place. Yeah, I'm always like a step behind. No, um, I've tried <laughs> that place in, um, and I forget. I, I don't know if it's, it's like the original fried pie shop and shop is spelt PPE old timey. Yeah. So you got your personal protection equipment to eat these pies, but they have several different kinds and you can get them now at the, I don't remember the name of the convenience store. I don't care what its name is, but it's on, as you're coming into post, it's on the East side of 84. So it's one of those brand new convenience stores. Anyway, they make those pies fresh there and they have, gosh, I'm going to run out of time. Lemon, coconut, strawberry, pecan, apricot, peach, um, chocolate, and blackberry. Um, I think I'm missing a couple, but the pecan pie is excellent. You get home, you, you pop it in the air fryer for like two minutes, maybe. I don't even know if you need that. Could you, you are good to go. Could you take a normal slice of pecan pie, put it in the air fryer or is that, was that a little, a little crazy? 
that's I, you know, that might be a little much, but, um, <laughs> all righty. I know people, I know people frown at the microwave. I'm, I'm not above that. Plus as much cool whip as I can possibly pile on top. Yeah. Cool whip. So yeah, it's Thanksgiving week. We've got some football <laughs> to talk about. We've got some food to talk about, obviously. Um, we're going to go back into the Iowa state game just a little bit. We, we feel like our uh, instant reaction was, was pretty thorough. There's nothing yeah, really that's changed. Horn. We're, we're just pretty, just, uh, you know, we're just like, yeah, it's, it's good. It was 14 to 10. What, what is there to talk about? Yeah. And, and if you're hearing banshees in the background, my boys are still up. They're not in bed yet. They, they may even they. still be in the bath in the room. It's like, it's so, like they're out of school or something and everything's just chaos. <laughs> I wasn't planning on working this week. But I never got my PTO really approved. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll have to work today. <laughs> Which was different because it was like I had both boys home by myself. I was like, well, I'm going to respond to emails as quickly as I can to give the illusion that I'm fully engaged in my work today. Illusion, whatever. It just is. That's how I normally Make everybody, they, they just know that's how it is. Yeah. Ironically, when I'm trying not to work, I, I respond to emails the fastest. Yeah, it's a good thing. I have a bad habit of that. My boss is not a listener, so I can say that. Although I, I, I think she's aware that like when I'm when I'm working, I'm I'm never I'm hardly in, in my inbox. It's like, oh, she emailed me two hours ago. Crap! <laughs> like so long ago that she texted about it, and I missed that text because my work phone is off in another room, or one of the boys took it, or it fell into my pocket into the couch, and it doesn't really matter. We're talking about college football tonight. Iowa State. We're talking about Oklahoma. We're talking about college basketball and a hey team yo. that has a mascot of a bluebird. What kind of ridiculousness is that, Michael? Anyways. I mean, does it have teeth? Do the chickens have sharp talons? Do they have a nice set of gams? I, I don't think these are these are birds you could eat or you'd want to eat. Anyways, birds of prey. <laughs> we got one more show on Rob Bro's College Tailgate show uh, officially it's this weekend. I will not be there. Michael will be our twenty-three personnel representative. What up? Um, it may just be you and Rob because Kyle is uh he he flies by his own his own flag. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah, I will, you know, if it's Rob and I, I'm hoping that I can successfully derail the conversation to non-sports things at least like five times. That can happen sometimes. Maybe he and I will hash out our George Strait beef (laughs) on the This is not a reflection of like that he's not a good host or a good radio personality. It's not difficult to get him off of topic. Because it feels like, it feels like most Saturdays I'm like, so there's a football game on this afternoon or <laughs> well it's not that it's just we just we just enjoy talking to rob and he enjoys yeah. talking to us i think and the next thing you know we've we've done a segment on uh you know all slips or something and it's like oh yeah let's i guess we'll bring it back or bad haircuts you, you haven't heard any of that <laughs> saga you should you should get in you actually get to see it in person unless you get another another haircut <laughs> between now and then Anyways, it's 10 to noon <laughs> over on 103.9 FM here in Lubbock. Talk 103.9 mobile app or kkam.com. And as always, guys, this episode 
Episode 316 is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. It is a newly created internet community, the intersection of sports and not sports. You can check them out online or on social. Go to Sports Drink or at Sports Drink on Instagram. Spell like Sports Drink, but without the vowels. All we ask that you close the door behind you. Try not to let the funk out. All right, Michael. Let's get to some football, man. You ready? Yes, I am ready. Let's do it. Chuck keeps himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown! Two now in the end zone. Picked off him. And it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Slager able to escape. And that picked off. Back to back. Turnovers and water. One of the other way. Back down the sideline. Touchdown. Seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Wow. Shouldn't be a surprise to you, Michael, but I thought of something. The Iowa, normally do. the Iowa State game, two years in a row, came down to field goals. That it did. <laughs> Iowa State missed a field goal, their very first attempt after uh, they took over on a turnover. It's a fumble from Miles Price. That, I guess... I understand that they said he had possession of the ball and that he was making a football move by changing hands. I guess you would have to have possession of it to be able to change hands. I don't know. The ball was never actually stationary in his grip. But that's probably just me trying to cope. It's one of those times where you go... Yeah, well, you, you go against everything, every instinct you have, and you see your receiver clearly catch a pass nah, and make a move. No. <laughs> yeah. He didn't catch that. That's not a catch. Come on. Come on. Oh, and then, and not like, a catch. And then the fumble, the ball like just dropped and didn't roll out of bounds or anything. Cause it could have just bounced out of bounds. I'm like, whew, good on to the next play. Uh, anyways, Iowa state takes over possession. They move the ball a little bit, attempt a field goal from the left half, and then miss it left. Um, they do connect on a, another field goal attempt. And then right before half, a very promising drive for Iowa State that was sustained by ridiculous catch after ridiculous catch from their wide receivers. It was, it was not a drive where it was like they were just executing 
the game plan. It was Xavier Hutchinson and uh, Noel making some ridiculous plays. <laughs> Spencer's got one of his little ones came in to say hello. So he's he's got his mic muted to say hello. But yeah, I think I know what he's getting at on this drive. Oh, it's Anyways, fun to watch him. Sorry, we'll anyway. have to cut all that out. Um, no, that's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Go well, for it. Supposed to be in bed, and like I don't even think Samantha knew that he was. Anyways, um, no, you're good. But yeah, okay, so like so that that drive was making. Yeah, yeah it, it. they were just like ridiculous catches, and they were all along the sidelines. Um, and they got down within like three seconds, and then McGuire called those back-to-back timeouts to, to to ice the kicker. Um, and then with the way that the ball came out, and then I think it was Kosei Eldridge like indicated like that it would it was tipped. I believe Texas Tech blocked that kick. Yeah, I didn't know that at all till today. I, I think it kind of. I didn't notice it then. I wasn't really on Twitter at all during the game because I was kind of watching it slightly delayed. We had bedtime during the during the game, so I paused it. And then Hulu, for whatever reason, does not let you fast forward through live TV commercials, oh, God, even though sucks. I'm paying the the money for the what. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If I had DVR'd it and watched it later, I could fast forward all I wanted. But because yeah. it was live, I couldn't. Um, so I was stuck just kind of behind everybody for forever. And I actually missed a few plays. I think I missed the goal line stand. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm so sick of being behind everyone. And I missed the goal line stand that you're probably going to talk about. Well, in the third quarter, I believe there were two of them, Michael, <laughs> right? Back to back drives. I know I missed one of them <laughs> because what had happened, I was, sta- it was a seven to three. Yes. Yes. Seven to three at this point. For a while. <laughs> um, Iowa State gets the ball. They drive down. They're inside the five. Um, and with the way that everything had been playing out offensively and defensively for, for both teams, I totally understand Matt Campbell saying, if we score a touchdown here, the game is mu- pretty much over. Because one, they had all the momentum. They were able to move the ball. Um, they had figured out that wheel route or that flat like was always open. Um, so like when they needed to move the sticks, they threw it to the flat. <laughs> it was just always open. Um, so you get the first one. They tried to run it on second and short, third and short, fourth and short, and it got stuffed three times in a row. It was a thing of beauty. Um, you took over on the five, uh, you went three and out. McNamara did not have a great punt. Iowa state got possession back, drove right back down to the five yard line. But on this time on this fourth down, they tried to throw it. Uh, but you got a coverage sack. You, you took the ball back over on a, on another turnover on downs. Um, so that was huge. So, at least from an Iowa state fan perspective, they were a small number of plays away from winning this game 30 to 14. It could have been that bad. Like had they beat us by that bad? Like, wow. Like <laughs> we just weren't in it tonight. Um, right. But two missed field goals, one with being blocked. And then those two fourth down goal line stands. I mean, at the very least, like had they, 
I don't know. Very easily could have lost this game. Um, you you picked up first downs on only four drives on the night, Michael. Two of them were scores. You had one drive. I think two drives that went five total plays. One of them was the last drive of the game where you just ran out the clock. Um, so essentially three drives. Two of them were drives that you scored on. The other drive where you picked up a first down, you went like five and out or six and out, whatever it was. Um, anyways, the, the, so much about this game was just like fascinating and frustrating all at the same time. Um, I took mm-hmm. a screenshot of it and I posted it on, on Twitter kind of like rhetorically because Texas tech had picked up a first down uh, with essentially like a five wide formation, a set and they sub out Xavier white and bring in Henry teeter and he, they line them up in the backfield. They bring the, the running back. So essentially you have eight guys on the offensive box because I'm, I'm including the quarterback here because we've seen Kitley is not afraid to use him as a runner. The defensive box, Michael, was light. Had three defensive linemen, two linebackers. It was eight on five. You know what happened? Strip sack because he was sitting there Oof. trying to find <laughs> trying to find a receiver. Because then if you're not going to run against eight on five, it actually flips the other way. You're trying to throw your five receivers on eight of their defenders. It's going to take a very, like a very particular pass, very particular timing to be able to make that work. Of course, your offensive line has not been one to let you do that. So I was like, I wonder, I wonder, is this a, uh, is this a quarterback thing? Is this an offensive coordinator thing? Because I'm sorry. In my uh, NCAA college football 2014 video game, because that's, that's, that's where we're going here. If I have a power running formation, Michael, and they have three linemen and two linebackers, I'm like, yep, hold triangle because we're running this play again. We're just going to keep doing it until they stop us. <laughs> there wasn't an audible. There wasn't a check. There wasn't anything. They dropped back to throw. I was like, what, what are they seeing here? Because when you zoom out and you look at the... Um, the, like the the defensive backfield f- formation, they uh, on one side you had one receiver, they had a corner and a safety on that side. On the other side you had two receivers, they had a corner, probably a nickel, and a safety. They had a another defensive back or linebacker that was his responsibility was the tight end who was in the backfield, but he wasn't in the box. He was more covering out t- towards the receivers and they had a deep save. They had three defensive backs across the deep middle. So essentially pre-snap, they were showing you, they had two on one on one side and three on two on the other side. And they had basically f- three linebackers slash defensive backs covering your tight end and running back in the middle. Everywhere you looked, they had one more guy than you did. And you still thought you could throw against it. 
So there were times during the game. I was like, Michael, this is, we need to run the ball more. And the drives where you were successful, you were running the ball. Oh, for sure. You finished the night, the night, your running backs were averaging five yards carry. I always say there's not allowed teams to run five yards per carry. Now it was the overall team total was lower. Um, because of this, there were some sacks in there and, and other players like Donovan Smith, I think had two carries for one yard and that one yard, what was the touchdown? So he was stopped on an, on a zero, zero pickup there. I, I just, I don't understand it. Sometimes we're like, why are we not running the ball more? Yeah. Which we'll play big into this weekend. Question. When, when we talk about the, the preview to Oklahoma here in a few minutes, they may be the worst rush defense you will face this year. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk on before we wrap up Iowa state and this week uh, with like injuries and, and that kind of update. I mean, not really. I, I mean, the injuries, I, I think, um, you know, the main one that we were kind of keeping an eye on was, was Morton who, as you had here, I saw photos of him too before the game. He was dressed and available if necessary, but uh, I, I just think that Shuck has really, and, and maybe this is a credit to Kitley as much as people are kind of not wanting to credit Kitley lately, but uh, I think he's tweaked the offense enough with, between this game and Kansas's game to kind of play to Shuck's strengths and try to try to not make him throw 60 times. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not sure why he was doing that with Smith, but that was the game plan then. Uh, but he, he seems to have slowed things down a little bit. I mean, and part of it was just because he couldn't, they couldn't do anything last week. They had what, how many, I was going to look this up and I forgot. They had five, three and outs. I mean, over, right at half of their drives were three and outs. Is that so, it? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. They, the one of them was four and out. <laughs> Yeah, it was four plays minus one yard. They had a five-play drive, 26 yards that went for a punt. The first drive was three plays, 14 yards, but they ended on the fumble. They fumbled, yeah. So there were a lot of three, four, and five-play drives. So they they couldn't get the ball moving. And so that does kind of limit how many times your your quarterback's going to throw and how many times you're going to rely on him. But I think he deserves some credit just based off of some obvious tweaks he's made getting Cameron Valdez involved, uh, you know, running the ball more than he probably felt comfortable doing, even though there were times like you were pointing out that, Hey, you know, look into this, maybe hand it off on this play when there's five guys in the box and, you know, we're outnumbered on, on the edges by one on each edge, you know, maybe, maybe and up the middle. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe run the ball. So uh, I, I think he's he's kind of adjusting to that. But it is tough. It's a tough job to be in his position where he's had a different starting quarterback like for a third of the season, the entire year. Yeah, if um, if Shuck gets the start this weekend, which McGuire said he would, all three quarterbacks will have four starts this season. Symmetry, synergy. All that, that's what we should call it. Synergy. We'll, we'll play all all quarterbacks all the time. You'll I mean, you'll see all I three of them. Going to do that. <laughs> there it is. There it is. You'll because I I felt like if they have the opportunity to start each of them the exact same amount, 
I mean, how, how much all three of them you will see can you get? Hey, so question, opinion, time for you. On Donovan Smith's touchdown run, he lined up in the backfield as a running back, kind of, next to Shuck. Pre-snap, Shuck steps forward to the line of scrimmage like he's calling out, not an audible, but like he's he's calling like like the the offensive line blocking, like he's saying, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go this way." He's pointing out like the middle linebacker, that kind of thing. And then Donovan Smith takes the snap, fakes the the sweep to the receiver who was coming in motion, and then runs power up the middle. Um, what were your thoughts on that play? Did you like it? Kind of gutsy. I I didn't. It happens so fast that, um, and I should, I should be paying closer attention, but even at the Kansas game, they they happen so fast and they run the subs so fast. And usually the quarterback stays out there. So it's not always like, Oh, obviously shucks running off the field. There's times I'm like, Oh crap. That was Smith. You don't, I don't notice it until they announce it or something. It just, it just goes by so fast. Um, I don't really have any big thoughts on that aside from, that's what Kitley likes to do when short yardage persist short yardage. Oh my gosh. Let's try this again. Short yardage positions. There you go. <laughs> he likes to bring in Smith. Oh my God, that was brutal. Um, I didn't really have any thoughts on it aside from, I thought it was a pretty neat, uh, a, a pretty neat call. And I, he basically ran in untouched if I remember right. Yeah, it was pretty close. The what's interesting though, the line like if you're looking at, at the right before the snap, the linebacker who's kind of middle of the field, he's calling out that Smith is like, oh, that's that's the quarterback now. <laughs> he wasn't fooled at all. Yeah. <laughs> like Shuck oh, comes up to the line of scrimmage, he's like barking orders or whatever, and the linebacker's pointing at Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's behind center. <laughs> he's like, hey, we're, he's probably going to get the ball. Um, so to, to your point about. Kitley doesn't sub off the quarterback when they bring in Donovan Smith. Like I don't like when they leave them both in the field because we haven't seen them use both yet. And I feel like by the 11th game, you, you would have seen something. <laughs> now you did see something new. Um, both times you brought in Smith like that, that um, direct snap to Smith at the goal line. And then the the later one, um, I think that it was the on the play that they threw the touchdown to Cup, where Smith went in motion. Um, that was new. But I was like, you're you're leaving in both quarterbacks, and whichever one's going to get the ball, the other one is a decoy at best. Like you're not even getting like the the fullest use out of that position. <laughs> So I had a thought, Michael. You haven't seen this since uh, it was really early Tuberville years when we had Jacob Karam as a mm. as a backup quarterback. We brought him in at the end of the half against Baylor, wearing a different number. Let's uh let's put like number fifteen on Donovan Smith. Don't put a nameplate on that jersey. Just, just put him in a different number have him sub in. So they're like, wait a minute. That <laughs> is that the quarterback? Yeah. Is this a tight end? What's going on? Well, that's, I, 
Anyways. I think we talked about it last week. This is the long con. I mean, I think we're all going to have egg on our face once they run some crazy three quarterback set that wins the game in overtime on Saturday. This weekend would be the time to do it since you've got all three healthy, mm-hmm. supposedly. Yeah, that's it. And they're they're all going to hand it off to each other and do like a triple reverse and throw a touchdown Flea to flicker. one of yeah. them. No, it's going to yeah. be like a triple reverse and we're going to throw it to like Henry Teeter or something. Yeah, It'll be all kinds we'll, have, of we'll somehow have three quarterbacks and tight three end. tight ends. <laughs> well, how would you number that? Because I guess quarterbacks don't get a number. That would just be a... Uh, yeah, it, it might just be 13. 03. Yeah, it'd be empty. <laughs> I think you'd have to... You're running out of positions. Yeah. Um, the other other injury updates. We were, we were pretty confident this was going to happen, but... Tyree Wilson will be out the rest of the year. He's actually having surgery on uh, a broken bone in his foot. Uh, plus the recovery time would not allow him to come back. But also he declared for the NFL draft officially, which that's super exciting. We love that. I do. I'm, I don't want to speak for Michael, but um, wish him the best, man. Like I haven't seen anyone speak negatively of, about this decision um, or the timing of it or anything. Everybody's like, man, it's awesome. Thanks for your time here. Um, I wish he would have had more sacks, more tackles for loss and just been like Jadavian Clowney type season. Cause I'm just that, I'm oh, just yeah. that selfish, but he, he had a fantastic year for Texas tech, fantastic season. Um, not even just season, a career once he, you know, transferred here from that school down South. Yeah, that's true. And I think that was one of the best, uh, you know, goodbye letters that you've, that we've seen in a while from a former player. He just kind of hit all the right notes and really sounded sincere. And I think he kept using a uh, language like, you know, I can't wait to see what we do in the future or, you know, it wasn't, I don't, he was still using inclusive team language. Yeah. It was in, us. In, in, we us and our. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's true. I mean, uh, the, the well staff does get some credit for this, but he, I mean, he was just so impressive to watch. And I think we all knew that if he didn't go this year, I think we were going to be surprised if he didn't. Yeah. But it sounds like, you know, after receiving basically what he wrote in his letter, just re- receiving the medical advice to go ahead and get the surgery. And then, you know, he'll be healed up and ready to go for the combine. Go ahead and do that now. I just think it's great. So I, I'm really happy to have a player of this caliber in the draft anytime ever. And I just hope he does. I hope he kicks, kicks butt somewhere. Maybe, maybe in Kansas city. I don't know. That's just kind of where my head is these days. Would love him in Kansas city. Would love him in Dallas. Oh gosh. Yeah. And you know, Dallas loves local players. Jerry does lo- love him. Some local players. Yeah. I mean, they really look at Oklahoma and Arkansas and Texas, you know, they really look at the state and and they've done a good job evaluating uh, local, local guys too. So, I mean, that's not a crazy thought by any means. He, he may end up in Dallas. There's no telling. Well, the only issue is that uh, Dallas isn't projected to pick until the 27th pick. He ain't lasting that long. No, you're probably right. Unless they trade up or something. They have to go way up, though. 
Anyways. Yeah. You know, he, he could go to Arizona at 12 and I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Like how we're just, <laughs> what, what other team do we have any sort of rooting interest in? Who else do we like? Yeah. You know, I don't hate the Broncos. Maybe he could go to the Broncos. Of course, the Broncos are kind of weird now with Wilson. I don't know. Yeah. Not as, not as intrigued. Anyways, speaking of uh, looking forward elsewhere, let's, let's bring it in a little bit. Look forward to this weekend of college football. You get Friday and Saturday this week. Friday, instead of playing on Thanksgiving night, Texas will be playing Friday morning. Uh, they're hosting Baylor. And I will, I will, I, I will defend the Bears here, and it makes me sick to say it. They are much better than their record indicates. They probably should have won, won the game this weekend uh, against the Frogs. Um, I didn't know it until today, but there was a, an actual sp- specific uh, rule. I don't know the word I'm looking for. There's a... Um, scenario in the rule book that uh, that directly applies to the field goal attempt because I, I think um I think a lot of people were saying well if Baylor had just slow played like a, a defensive sub there at the end they would have just run out of time um because we've we've seen it we, we even saw it in the tech game like Iowa State subbed late, and then like our defensive lineman just walked onto the field. We're like, well, we got to give him time. And I would say I had to call a timeout. And Baylor didn't have any timeouts, or sorry, TCU didn't have any timeouts left. But there's a scenario in the rule book that says basically the 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 person, the referee that's in charge of that, will not stand over the ball if it's a field goal attempt incoming, uh, because both teams should be aware of of that possibility, and um, they would have just as much time as the other team. Anyway, so. Prior to that, though, I, I think Baylor had opportunity, opportunities to win that game. They've got another opportunity to finish out the, the year, get to seven wins. Um, Texas also could, I don't know, man. This is a weird game. I, I, I would wish Baylor to win this one. Baylor. But uh, that's Friday, Friday morning. Then the rest of the Big 12 is playing on Saturday. You've got West Virginia in Stillwater. Two teams that are fighting for relevance, which is weird to say how far Oklahoma state has fallen. No kidding. They looked, they, they've looked so bad this back half of the season. Even, even when they got Spencer Sanders back, he looked really bad against Oklahoma. Um, and part of that was, was just the defense in the first quarter, but West Virginia, Oklahoma state at 11, Iowa state in Fort worth at three on Fox, Oklahoma here in Lubbock, and then Kansas at Kansas State. I couldn't tell you if the uh, the scenario is still alive where Texas Tech could play for a Big 12 title. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember that either. There were too many moving pieces. But you did your There's, part. You won. Uh, yeah. You won on Saturday. If you win again, you would have done everything you could. Uh, and if you do win on Saturday, it would be the first conference winning season First winning season in conference play since 2009, I believe. So, and I think if you win on Saturday, I'm not positive about this. Maybe the first time ever beating OU in Texas in the same season. There it is. It's on the plate, man. I think there's, I think there's some caveat there. Maybe it's, maybe it's at home. I don't know. That can't be right because used to, they were, they were not both at 
home was, the same year. It was always split. Yeah. So that wouldn't, that'd be kind of a weird stat, but I think I heard that somewhere. So there's probably some truth to it, uh, especially considering Texas has only beaten OU once since 2007 or whatever. Huh? Or Texas, Texas tech has only beaten OU once. No, it's been like two, the, twice well, at least 2011. Yeah. Okay. 2011 and 07. Well, and then there was like 07. a, there was another one like 12 or 13 that were like Oklahoma was pretty bad. Mm-mm. It's been, it's been a, a drought, my friend. Well, no, cause, cause it was, it was in Lubbock. So 07 was in Lubbock. Yes. But I'm, I'm thinking it was a day game and you, you were, you, were, you faced um, Landry Jones, a quarterback, um, it, oh, I see. Maybe like it was the Taylor Potts the Nick game. Okay, whatever maybe year that it was. was. 09. Anyways, All anyways, right. you've got another opportunity this weekend. Oklahoma coming into town, uh, not good. They're six and five. Um, they are. I mean, you're also six and five, but you're hosting the Sooners. FS1, six p.m. Texas Tech opened at and is still a two and a half point dog over under set at 64. Um, so far on the season, Oklahoma is six and five, three and five in big 12 play. So they cannot get to a winning big 12 record against the spread this season. They are four and seven. They're three and two in the last five against spread two and two on the road. And the over has only hit twice in the last five games. Uh, how they got in here this season. They had, they started the, season off with three straight wins, UTEP, Kent State, Nebraska, then lost three straight, Kansas State, TCU, Texas, where they got absolutely embarrassed by TCU and Kansas, sorry, TCU and Texas. They won versus Kansas by 10. They beat Iowa State on the road up there in Ames by 14, lost to Baylor, lost on the road in Morgantown. And then this past weekend, they defeated their bitter rivals, the Cowboys, 28-13. Offensively, Michael, they are led. Offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, they are 17th in SP+. Plus, uh, and they're, the Sooners overall are 16th, whereas the Tech, Tech is 49th overall, 79th in defense. They are led on the field by junior quarterback number eight, Dylan Gabriel, originally from Hawaii, but transferred in from UCF. A towering 5'11", Michael. 204. Well, oh, that's the death knell for quarterback heights. You just, you're just not allowed to be below six feet. It's not tall enough to see over the offensive lineman. Oh man. It's just impossible. Passing on the year. He is 188 of 303. That is 62% completion for just under 2,500 yards, 8.2 yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, on the ground, he's run, why do I have it written this way? <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's ninety. I think it's ninety-seven attempts for six hundred ninety-four yards, seven point two yards per attempt. Nope. Sorry, no. Um, fifty-five of ninety-seven. The, the those are his away splits. He's fifty-five of ninety-seven on the road. For 694 yards, 7.2 yards per attempt, 57% completion, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, I was trying to show in the four 
they've only played four away games. This will be, this will be their fifth of the season. In their four road games, Gabriel is attempting fewer than 25 of pass attempts per game, completing 57% of those and whatever 700 divided by four is yards <laughs> and less than a touchdown per game uh, on but the ground. Somehow, but somehow not turning the ball over, which mm-hmm. I think is going to change Saturday. Ooh. Yeah. On the ground, he's carried 68 times, 279 yards, 4.1 yards per carry and another five touchdowns. Uh, but when they run the ball there, they are leaning heavily on senior running back, Eric Gray spent two years with the Tennessee volunteers and now two years with the Sooners. Um, 5'10", 210. He has 185 carries on this season, which is a ton. Uh, this is the first thousand yard rusher you've seen. Obviously it's game 12, but he's got 1200 yards, six and a half yards per carry and 11 touchdowns. He's caught in another 31 passes for 220 yards. If it's not gray, or when it's not great, it's freshman running back Javante Barnes wears number two, six foot, 200. Although I did see he, his participation is questionable for this weekend. 83 carries on the ground. So Eric Gray has more than 100 more carries than their second guy. 397 yards, 4.8 yards per carry and four touchdowns. When they go to the air, obviously everybody knows junior wide receiver number 17, Marvin Mims is their target. 47 receptions when I was when I was updating this going back from Iowa State and Xavier Hutchinson had like 97 receptions because he he hit 100 in the game against Tech the Sooners leading receiver 47 catches but almost as many yards 844 Hutchinson had just over a thousand because Mims is catching at 18 yards per catch rate four touchdowns uh, other receivers, uh, Jaleel Farouk, 6'1", 29 catches, 387 yards, 13 and a half yards per catch, three touchdowns. Everybody knows Drake Stoops, at least because that's Bob Stoops' son. 5'10", 190, inside guy, 31 catches for 311 yards, three touchdowns. Braden Willis, tight end Braden Willis, is the team leader in touchdowns. It's tight end, 6'4", 240, 28 catches, 382 yards, 13 and a half yards per catch, and five touchdowns. Offensively, in the red zone, they are eh, so-so. <laughs> they are they convert 87% of the red zone trips into points, which is uh, 28 touchdowns and six field goals. So it's 34 scores on 39 attempts. It's 41st in the country. I didn't realize this until today, Michael. The Texas Tech defense, red zone defense, was as good as it was. Texas Tech is allowing teams to score less on less than 75% of their red zone trips. 35 scores and 47 attempts. Now, obviously, that's a lot of attempts. But they are 14th in the country in terms of red zone conversion defense. 14th? 14th in the country mm. and keeping teams from scoring once again inside the red zone. Well, I mean, I guess Venables, that's probably something he's trying to bring is a little bit more of a defensive mentality. And we're kind of seeing the shift 
here right before our eyes as, as, uh, a fan reminded us back in September or October. I don't remember. Lincoln's no longer here, man. Um, and so this is kind of what we're seeing and I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm really enjoying OU, uh, coming off of last year in what they considered a disappointing 11 and two season. I mean, screw y'all. If you, if you're just like <laughs> pissed about that seven and two, because they didn't, um, you know, they didn't get to go to the big 12 championship. They lost to the two teams that did. I mean, they lost 14, 27 to Baylor and 33, 37 to Oklahoma state. Um, and then they had a really good game against Oregon in the Alamo bowl, but Man, guys, it's time. It's time. 20 years is long enough to constantly win double-digit games every season. And so I, I look forward to this new era of OU football um, where they are currently 7th or 8th in the Big 12. But, yeah, I mean, the, the defense doesn't bother – I mean, it doesn't concern me as much. Uh, the offense – doesn't really concern me either. I mean, yes, they scored 28 points in one quarter last Saturday, but that's all they scored. That is yeah. all they did. Mm-hmm. And that was off of two interceptions. So they basically got handed the ball twice and still put up. The, that was all they could do. They just were held scoreless in three quarters at home with all their starters. Yeah against a really down Oklahoma state team. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Cause it, the way that game started, I was like, my goodness, they scored 28 points in the first quarter. Like this is going to be a bloodbath. And then I remembered, wait a minute, Oklahoma's final score is 28 points. <laughs> they yeah. didn't score the rest of the game. Well, um, I did the same thing. I was like, Oh wait, this isn't Bob Stoops, Lincoln, Riley, Oklahoma. This, okay. Well, I'll keep an eye on this. And then, yeah, lo and behold, 28 to three, 28 to 10, 28. Okay. Yeah. They're, it's not the same. Oklahoma state's probably just really thinking that they just handed them the game in the first quarter and just never could recover. And and that sounds kind of like what happened. Yeah. Because obviously when you were able to put up 28 points in the quarter, um, that's, it's difficult to overcome. They do score Michael on the season. I haven't updated this yet. I'm sorry. This was from Iowa State. They score 33 points a game. You know who else scores about 33 points a game? Texas Tech. Their defense. Okay. Okay. Their defense allows teams to score 28.1 points per game. Texas Tech's defense allows teams to score 27.8 points per game. So their offense scores like one point more per game than our offense does. But our defense score uh, allows teams to score one fewer points per game than their defense. It's kind of a wash. So if you were to pretty close, closely t- matched there. Huh? Type this into Rob Rose patented matchup maker. It's going to come out the same. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get even. Um, no, I, I, because I don't like. I don't. I don't. I don't, didn't care to deep dive into Oklahoma. Like, who's actually calling the defense? Is it is it their defense according to Ted Roof or is it Venables? Um, but they're 46th in defense, uh, and they'll be facing the Texas Tech, which is number 30 offense. They actually dropped six spots after fall, uh, facing Iowa State. So I would 
I would take the 30 with a grain of salt. But on the field defensively, they're led by sophomore linebacker Danny Stutzman, 6'4", 240. He's a big dude with 100 total tackles, Michael. I looked up Krishan Merriweather because I was like, man, he, he's getting a lot of tackles. So far this season, he has 88. Oh, no way. <laughs> I, no, I sorry. Mer- Merriweather would have about 100, but... He, he has 97. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's just outperforming by, by a couple. Um, so he's their dude. Well, I say that. They have another senior linebacker. I'm going to butcher his name. David Ogwogbu. Okay. <laughs> Almost identical size. 6'4", 237 with 93 total tackles and two sacks. So their linebackers are ridiculous. Um, also defensively, they do force a ton of turnovers, especially interceptions. On the year, they're plus five. Yes, Michael. See, you I have a question. Up. Okay. I have a question. If, if they have two studs at linebacker like this, and not to jump, jump ahead, but you already kind of teased it earlier. How are they giving up 190 rush yards a game? Well, uh, I would say because uh, by the time the running back gets to the linebackers, that's about the five yards per carry they're giving up. Let's see. Rushing, defense. Yeah, I mean, average per game, 190.2 yards per game at 4.6 yards per carry. Run RTDB again. Three weeks in a row. Hammer. Yeah, because if you, if you look at their turnover margin, Michael, because you, you jumped ahead, yes. they've caught 15 interceptions on the year. They are interception machines. Don't give them the opportunity, man. Keep it on the ground. But like I said, they're plus five. They've thrown seven interceptions, lost six fumbles, where they've caught 15 interceptions and recovered three. Well, they only had 11 until last week. Well, Sure. But they were they would have been plus one in the season and then it got up to plus five. When Texas Tech has the ball, they are passing for 295 yards per game. That number keeps coming down. Still about 6.8 yards per attempt. They are running the ball 152 yards per game at just under 3.9 yards per carry. They are converting about 41% of their third and fourth down conversion attempts and scoring 32 points per game. Defensively for the Sooners, they are allowing teams to com- to put up 250 passing yards per game on 6.7 yards per attempt. However, as Michael pointed out, they are allowing teams to rush for 190 yards per game on 4.6 yards per carry. They allow teams to convert more than 41% of their third and fourth down attempts, and teams are scoring 28 points per game. Those numbers, like, I, I would be wary if I saw that against, you know, week two or week three, man, this is we're going right. to game 12. <laughs> Pretty good sample size here. This yeah. is who they are. They give up 200 yards on the ground at almost five yards a carry. R-T-D-B, as Michael said. Especially when you've got the running backs to do it, man. You've got four healthy guys now. You could have a legit rotation without even touching the quarterbacks, and they've been pretty good too. Shuck, man, I was going to say this earlier. <laughs> When you're talking about like not having Donovan Smith throw 60 times a game, it was like if there was a uh, like if you had told me one quarterback and his four starts would have averaged 55 pass yards or sorry, pass attempts per game and one would average 10, 12 rush yards, sorry, rush attempts per game, I would have told you 
It's Shuck that's throwing it 55 times and Donovan Smith that's running it 12 times and not the other way around. Shuck is yeah, running it a whole lot more than I would have ever expected and they had Donovan Smith throw it a whole lot more than I would have ever expected them to. Yeah, it's interesting how they've, how they've used the two. And I, I think that, yeah, Smith, he had, he had trouble keeping his footing. I think he had trouble kind of reading the gaps and stuff a little bit, but, but then he gets brought in on all these short yardage plays and a lot of times gets exactly what tech needs, you know, gets, gets the touchdown we talked about last week in Ames or he picks up three straight fourth downs, um, you know, on the road in Fort Worth before they started to figure it out. So I, it, it's just kind of strange to see them used in just these exact scenarios, but they have been working. So I'm, you know, you kind of wonder what the offense would have looked like all year had everybody stayed healthy. Yeah. Oh, thank you, ESPN, for auto-playing that. I want to see the uh, rushing touchdowns for Donovan Smith this year. He's got six. Nice. And 12 passing touchdowns. So um, when Oklahoma has the ball, they are passing 242 yards per game, 7.7 yards per attempt. So not as many yards as Texas Tech at more yards per attempt. They're just not throwing the ball as much. They are running for 215 yards per game at almost five yards per carry. Tech Tech is allowing teams to run for 163 yards per game at 4.2 yards per carry. So both teams are probably like, we're going to run the ball this weekend. We're going to run the ball this weekend. Um, offensively, the Sooners are converting 43% of their third and fourth down attempts. And Texas Tech is allowing teams to convert 38.5%. The Sooners score 33 points per game. Texas Tech allows teams to score 27.8 points per game. With all those numbers, Michael, and our loyal, loyal listeners, what do you, what do you, uh, where do you, where do you see this game going? How do you see this game playing out? You know, I'm really going to lean into the whole running the ball thing. I, I think we're going to see a lot of that this week. Uh, and like you said, possibly from both sides. But I really hope Tech does if if they're able to, you know, oh, you may switch things up and and kind of dare them to pass instead. But obviously you want Tech to take whatever they're given. But uh, I, I just do see against a team that averages almost 200 yards per game rushing that uh, that would be something that Tech could take advantage of for the most part of the game. And with with that being on the table and possibly part of the game plan, it's going to eat up some clock. There's going to be less possessions. Um, you know, the, the stadium itself, not to, not to get to uh, pink Raider here, but it's going to be the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's going to be pretty dead. Sorry. Um, that's, it, it, a lot of people aren't going to think seeing a six and five OU team is quote unquote worth it. So I don't anticipate the crowd really being a factor or being that much help at all. So this team's just going to have to do it on their own. Um, but I think they can, and, and I think they will. I mean, this is an OU team that struggled a lot. Uh, tech has struggled too, but they're coming off of two great wins. One of them on the road in a place they haven't won in forever. Um, it's, Yes, sort of kind of luck in both games with field goals going the wrong way, but they still came away with a win and it, and Big 12 wins too. And, and Tech gets the chance to have a winning Big 12 record for the first time. I forgot what you said. Was it 13 maybe? 
that you that Tech last had a a winning Big Twelve record. So I think they're going to do it this time. I mean, you I know, Tech's two thousand nine. Okay, so Tech's a, a a home dog. You know, uh, OU's favored two and a half. Over under is sixty four. I'm taking the under. Uh, just for a lot of the reasons I mentioned earlier with the running, hopefully being a factor, the crowd not. <laughs> and so, I, I, But I'm going to pick Tech to win uh, 31-28. This is, it, it could be kind of not a turning point, but a pretty big game. Beating OU is fantastic. It's something that every fan should go try to see if they can. I'm going to try. Uh, we've We've had a lot of stuff going on lately with, family things. So maybe I'll be able to go. We we were looking at tickets just the other day and we kind of want to get a little bit closer before we pull the trigger, but, uh, 31, 28, that'll take the under tech winning. I think, um, hopefully using those three running backs to some great success and, and seeing kind of similar to what you saw, uh, against Kansas with Gabriel tossing his first, uh, interception, in an away game this year. So I was doing the math on that too, on the over under and then the, the, the split there, because I think I, I do also believe Texas tech is going to win this game. Um, with it, with both teams probably going to want to run the ball, uh, and then Oklahoma's propensity to hit the under, I was going to take like a, um, well, I, I was honestly going to say 30 to 27. That's, that's too close to yours. So <laughs> I got to let you go first more often. I feel like I always steal it. Give me 30 to 24 Texas tech. Okay. All right. Just about a touchdown. Okay. Uh, FPI did get a couple points. No, you got a small bump after the games this weekend. Uh, at least according to FBI, you are a 51.1 to 48.9 favorite this weekend. Uh, I would like to remind you, everybody, that this game started off in the beginning of the season. You had a 28% chance, according to FPI. You also had a 33.7% chance to beat Iowa State last weekend, and we saw how that worked out. So we are both taking Texas Tech to win, and obviously that's a cover. Um I'm taking an under. Michael's taking the over. Wait. No, no I'm taking the under. You're taking too. the under. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Why, why, why not? Why not dream? Um, <laughs> dream for seven and five. <laughs> but like, that's where we are, man. <laughs> and, and that's fine because, you know, we're, we're not a, we're, this Texas Tech is not a program that, like, we were talking about the, the winning percentage. You're at 500 in your conference record right now. You haven't been 500, like I said. Yeah, it was 2009. You were uh, 625. You were five and three that year. Since then, it was three and five, two and seven, four and five, four and five, two and seven, three and five. Sorry, four and five, three and six, three and six, three and six, two and seven, three and six, three and six. You're four and four. You've won more conference games this year than you have since 2015. That was the last time you won four conference games. And if you win this weekend against Oklahoma, it'll be the first time above 500 since 2009. 
Right. Well, what do you do with your arms, Michael? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do with my arms. Um, I was just thinking of a certain guy who, who only judges uh, football coaches by whether or not they get over 500 on conference records. He's got to be really happy at having this chance for the first time in 13 years. I did see he congratulated somebody for their first, being able to see it for the first time in their fandom. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a weird stance to what take. A, what a nice, you know, I'm sorry for just, uh, we just have, I just have these high standards for my coaches. So they always underachieve if they don't get plus 500 in uh, conference play. It's like, okay, cool. Cool. That's good. That's cool. good. Cool, 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 a, a thing that's actually really been hard for Texas Tech to do in its entire existence. But so let's let's judge first year coaches on it too. All right, gotcha. <laughs> good, All right, good good way to good way to take a stand. Go hey, ahead. Speaking of, uh, you want to talk about some basketball? Yeah, I do. All right, let's get it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Over the top, McCormick in the crowd, stripped by Owens. Ready on the run, bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans, yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into Tariq. Already. Odiasi! Propars it in! Got clocked down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Step it up big time. Dagger! Culver with the dish. Odiasi! And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member. All right. Hey, those uh those clips reminded me of obviously the, the tournament. Our guy uh John Rothstein said that the uh the environment, the field at the Maui Jim Maui Invitational was the best it's ever been. These are you're getting legitimate tournament type matchups in this tournament. Like incidentally tournament matchups in the Maui Jim Maui Invitational with Creighton, who is um, some team, some people are saying they are legitimate contender to be a, a Final Four team this year. You've got Arkansas uh, in there as well. Um, Texas Tech has obviously been there recently. Uh, Louisville is a, I wouldn't say blue blood, but they are. They've been there. Uh, they're going to need some help and get things turned around if they're going to get there this year. Um, but man, the field there. And what could be described as like a high school gym uh, is kind of just fantastic. Texas Tech. Yeah, I've, I I was really just impressed with. Um, sorry, I, I was listening to the game at, at work today. I didn't get to watch it. Side rant on Hulu, mostly because it was like, "Hey, we want you to change your password," and 
like, I don't want to change my password right now. And it would affect all of my devices. Yeah. So we're going to change your (laughs) password so that you can have one password for ESPN and Disney and Hulu. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. So I'm going to change this now. And then my wife's going to call me like, why can't I watch Hulu? And then, Oh, well, why can't our daughter watch Disney plus what happened? And then I'm at work trying to send pass anyway. What a cluster like Hulu, get your shit together. If, if I want to change my password, I will change it. (laughs) Ask me if I want to do it. Don't be like, Oh, you have to do it right now. Or you cannot use our service. Like screw you. I'm at work. I'm trying not to take up a lot of anyway. That's they, the rant. <laughs> they must have had like a data breach recently, and because the, they they like push that out to everybody. Because it made yeah, me. So the idea the is to have one password for three accounts. That's gonna fix it. Okay, so maybe not. I don't know. I was just a thought. Uh, yeah. No, I know. Why are you roasting me, Michael? I know. I know it's not <laughs> you. Oh, sorry, man. I, I just my ire, my ire just cannot be contained. No, because I, I had that, that same frustration because I was trying to get in. Uh, I think it was at, even at the station when it asked me to do it. I was like, "This is gonna lock me out of everything else. All like every other device I have." Uh, yeah, the TV at the house, phones, the iPad. Yeah, every device times three. Because on almost every device, I at some point, yeah, I will need mm-hmm. to log into Disney and ESPN and Hulu at some point. And now it's just, I was just like, I don't want to deal with this right now. And so I listened to the game, long story short, and Hacks and, oh man, forgive me, I'm f- blanking on the color guy's name, former player. Anyway, oh, Hacks, gosh. Hacks mentioned that too, you know, just how, how it felt uh, it just really felt like a tournament atmosphere and you could hear it. I mean, you could hear it uh, clear that, yeah, I think Creighton did have tech beat by numbers, but tech was well represented and it really sounded like a fun atmosphere. And I, I got to come home and right before we recorded, I did get to watch the first half and it was great. It, like you said, it's kind of like a big high school gym. So the camera angles I really liked. I mean, aside from sometimes you don't see, you can't tell if there's a guy in the corner or not. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't quite pan over that far, but I really liked the camera angles because it felt like you were a lot closer to the action and man, seats were packed. Um, we actually know a couple of guys that were there. So that's really cool for them to get to go there this week and experience this atmosphere and see all these great games. And, um, yeah, I, I was just really blown away by it. I, I didn't know much about this invitational at all. And I think they talked about a little bit before the game that it hadn't happened since 2019, obviously didn't happen during COVID didn't happen last year. Um, so it, it, they, everybody was excited to have it back. Even though our guys were out wearing socks and slides on the beach, like guys, <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's a bad recipe. You don't, you don't do that. Uh, the, yeah, uh, why, why, why would you want just giving me like the, <laughs> why like, would you want sand in your socks? Ooh, man. No, but, uh, such a cool environment. And you know, the, the TV guys are saying the same thing. And one more thing, cause I know you're probably actually getting to something important, but no, we're good. <laughs> I was really, I really enjoyed the, the flowers in the lane. See, I, I thought it was too much. It was so oh. busy because they also had like high school volleyball lines. Oh, the lines. Okay. Yeah. Those threw me off because there were lines just ahead of the baseline. back of, well, not just there. I was going with half court. 
Mm, yeah. So it, because of the weird camera angles, I was watching and I was like, backcourt, backcourt. I kept thinking that they were not calling backcourt for some reason. Like, no, I'm just an idiot looking at the wrong line <laughs> because I couldn't see the half court line then. Anyway, well, so I, I I kept thinking they were stepping out of bounds when they got the ball under the basket because of the yeah. line there between the baseline and anyways, we were confused. We were confused on both sides of, of the half court. I, I didn't really care for like for the, the paint in the lane. I had they better coordinated like the Hawaiian style shirts with the coaching staffs, maybe because Creighton guys were all in their blue and white. Hawaiian style shirts. Whereas I know we, Tech was more like a the red Columbia fishing shirt. Like the Tech was kind of doing the the least but, they could, but also wearing shorts. <laughs> like yeah, Mark hands on the sideline in a in a fishing shirt and shorts was like that's that's a that's a new look. <laughs> um, uh, I guess we should talk about the game some. I don't want to talk about the game. Okay, it, well. It, what happened, man? So is Creighton I, I, just really good on offense? Is that really all it is? I mean, they shot 55% the entire damn game. It's not like they had a really hot half and and just took off or anything. I mean, it was it was nuts. The first half, they shot 55%, 45 from three-point. Second half, they shot 55%, 44 from three-point. I mean... So I don't know them well wow. enough. Um, wow. If that's, wow. If that's normal for them... Um, you know, if they just had a, like a good game with them being so highly ranked, I, I would imagine that's kind of like their identity. They talked about how all five of their stars were in double figures scoring for the game. And I was like, yeah, that, that must be nice. Like <laughs> one of those programs that like stacks up offensive talent. Yeah. And then they're, they're also good enough that like their rotation was, was really thin. Um, cause it didn't feel like they were, they were subbing out a whole lot. Like they were playing the same guys and it, helps that illusion when two of my brothers. So the same name gets said a lot. Um, Kalkbrenner. Anyways, um, let's see. Were, were, were they home or away? They were home. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tech was away. They're, they're, they weren't brothers. They were just the same guy. Why am I, why do I think they were brothers? Yeah, I, was like, I, I don't see any two, two names. There's, there's Schlotzberg and Shireman. Well, okay. Well, and Kalkbrenner. here's what it was. They're starters. 31 minutes, 31 minutes, 33 minutes, 34 minutes, 30 minutes. They're subs. One, seven, 15, seven, nine. Like yeah. they played the not out of their starters. And I'm looking at the, the text tech numbers. They're not that much different. 27, 34, 24, 24, 35, but the bench six, 10, three, 13, 12 and 11. Um, like it just felt like they just, they, they gave like a, a half second breather for their stars and then threw them back in. But they were effective the entire game with that. Um, Texas tech did shoot 44% uh, from the field in the game. Um, I mean, I mean, that'll win you a lot of games. 38% from three. Like there wasn't, it wasn't bad offensively, even though you only finished with 65 points. Um, I'm <laughs> looking at it. You had nine turnovers in the game. Like you, you really fixed that or you, you addressed that. I wouldn't say you fixed it. You had, you greatly improved that. Um, yeah. And, and of those nine, Isaac's only had two. So that was, 
a non-issue really. I think I think the other telltale stat here, which they hammered in the radio broadcast, that I don't know if they did on TV as much, but uh, Creighton turned the ball over 13 times in the first half and then zero in the second. So I really think that's got to be the story of the game, just in a game that was this close. Yes, Creighton kind of squeaked by in the, in the second half, especially in you know, those last eight minutes or so, but squeaked by it. That's not what I meant. Um, they, I don't know. They kind of ran off with it really. And then tech just kind of made it look a little bit closer, but yeah, 55%. Not everybody's going to shoot 55% against this team. Um, and not everybody's going to go an entire second half of basketball without committing a turnover. So I don't think there's a whole lot to, to fret here. Uh, I, I do think, some things kind of reared their head, like when Bacho went down. Um, yeah. And, you know, after the especially after the game he had and after how hard he was playing, I mean, the guy was out there for 24 minutes, but in those 24 minutes, he had 17 points. I mean, he had the most points. He even made a three, man. The guy yeah, was all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was he was really playing hard and, uh, you know, going for rebounds, going for loose balls just really impressed with what he was able to do. And, and so was, you know, the announcers rightfully so, but I don't think he's built for that. I don't think he's built to be your high point guy every game. I don't think that's who you can lean on. You know, Davion Harmon had a rough day. I mean, he had 12 points, but on six of 17 for shooting 17 attempts. Uh, And I was talking about how, Creighton had five players, their stars and double figures. You were one point away from doing the same thing. O'Banner had 10. Isaacs had 13. Bacho had 17. Tyson had nine. Davion Herman had 12. And then yeah, you only got four points off the bench. And, and another one of those O'Banner games where Ofer from three, you know, the, they, they happen. They happen a lot. Uh, I was hoping that would kind of slow down a little bit. But yeah, he was 0 for three from beyond the art today. I think his first attempt... He claimed was was tipped. I hope it was because it was a really rough air ball if it wasn't. <laughs> um, but the you know, that that's just something we've seen from him. Uh, Isaacs was four for five. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the kid could play, man. I, I'm, I'm still excited about this team. I think I did underestimate Creighton a little bit coming into here, but, um, you know, I got set right really quickly in that first half when tech went up, what, nine to two or something. And the next thing I know they're down 13, 12, like, Oh, Holy crap. Okay. This, this, I immediately was on board with Creighton's very, a very good basketball team. And they proved to, um, sustain that the rest of the day. So now we'll see what tech can do tomorrow against Louisville. Louisville. Well, if you uh, if you trust the steady Haslametrics projections, he's got Texas Tech as a comfortable thirteen point favorite to win this game, seventy three to sixty. Louisville um, is one hundred twentieth in total team rankings for Haslametrics, uh, whereas Texas Tech, you know, after today did drop quite a bit. Um, where to go? 13th. I, I scrolled down too far. And they're 13th. Um, like I said, Louisville's at 120th. Um, Louisville has the 
141st rated offense and the 94th rated defense. So unless unless you have something go go pretty pretty horrifically, this should be a bounce back game for you tomorrow. You should get back to one and one in this little tournament, and then you'll get um, the loser of Arkansas Creighton, I believe, on Wednesday. Oh, well, no, Wednesday, yeah, you'll get the uh, – no, you'll get the loser of uh, – Or from the other side of the bracket. This bracket's weird. It doesn't make a ton of sense because there's, there's two brackets that just show up. They're like seventh and eighth place and third and fourth. I think actually – so you'd be game five and then game nine, you would play – the loser of Ohio State versus San Diego State. So whoever loses that would then play the loser of Cincinnati versus Arizona. <laughs> and so whoever wins out of that would then play Tech. If it's um if it's San Diego State, it would say uh, this is a really tight, pretty close well, game. Uh, These games, close. oh, and they haven't happened yet. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, if you look at the Haslametrics projection, it's a 65.3 to 65.99 loss to San Diego State. Um, and then if you look at Ohio State, it would be a 67.23 to a 64.73 win for Texas Tech. Okay. And then so they will play either them, one of them, or Cincinnati or Arizona. Yeah. Well, and I'm not dead. It's too many. It's too many, man. It's ridiculous. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting bracket. Yeah. That, I, I wish they would update the bracket as, as, it, as the games are happening. Yeah. Have a live bracket. Yeah. You know, as most tournaments do. Um, following the game, though, uh, we mentioned the the drop and, and has the metrics. Ken Palm uh, dropped you from 23rd to 29th. Uh, your offense did actually go up from 68th to 56th. Uh, your opponent's defense went from 20, 280th to 243rd. Defense went from 6th to 11th, so you're currently 11th in defense. Uh, the same kind of thing with the op- opposing defense happened to your opposing offense. It went from 301 to 249 and your adjusted tempo. Still right there in the 280s. Has the metrics dropped you from 8th to 13th? Offense stayed about the same, 32nd to 33rd. Defense, man, this guy, this guy hates you. Went from second to third. Oh, hurtful. It's because you didn't get any turnovers in that second half. That's what it was. Yeah, that, that's just strange. How a, a team that you would turn, you you got them to turn the ball over 13 times and then go over and a half. Yeah. Um, like I said, you should uh, should get that back on the winning side tomorrow against Louisville, uh, and then get to a close game there on Wednesday. Michael, I think this is a conversation we had in, in the in the radio booth this weekend. The perspective I'm having is that the Big Twelve basketball is down this year, hmm. but I'm also not like looking super closely to. Like I haven't really paid attention to a lot of the teams um, this much this early in the season, but if you go back, like uh, Saturday, 
Oklahoma State, you know, sorry, sorry, this is on Sunday. Oklahoma State barely defeated DePaul in the Bahamas tournament they're in. Um, the Baylor UCLA game it was good. That was a good game. Um, Iowa State, no, I'm not gonna worry about that one. Friday, you know, so Baylor, granted, they um, they gave up a ton of three points, three pointers to Virginia. They lost that game. Oklahoma State lost to UCF. Oklahoma barely squeaked by South Alabama. And Kansas defeated Southern Utah by six. Not to mention, or, you know, are already considering the other games that we've seen the Big 12, you know, in their non-conference in the bye games uh, that have struggled or lost. Right. So is the Big 12 just down this year? I think it's too early. I think it's way too early because think of what Iowa State did last year. I don't want to. Okay. I mean, but that's what just kind of one of those. I don't, I think they had kind of some mixed success and, you know, not a ton of it. And then they did, uh, you know, kind of turned it on right before coming into conference play. If I remember right, I'm not sure sure about that, but I, I don't, I think it's too early. I think it's too early to tell. And as much as I'd love to, or not in love to, but, um, you know, it would be kind of a dig, I guess at Gonzaga because Texas beat Gonzaga or something. And but yeah, but the big 12 is not very good. It's just too early. Uh, I think there's been a lot of turnover. I think, kind of what you're seeing with football is starting to happen in basketball too with the the portal and being able to pull players and players have impact immediately and they can have an impact on a small team or you know a small market or whatever you want to call it so it's not like it's you've got to have your guys come in before they really get anything going um, you know you can have two really good guys come in that uh you know maybe we're sitting on the bench somewhere and wreak havoc in Stillwater randomly on a night you know so um I think it's too early and man I was way wrong on Iowa State because they rattled off like 10 in a row or something (laughs) yeah six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve they won they were 12 and 0 until they lost to number one Baylor ugh awful so i i uh i did see some grumbling from the kansas fans about mcculler like how quickly they turned on him <laughs> oh man because he had like a like a bad game whatever against yeah. uh, southern utah um which then got me interested because then i saw how well tj shannon was doing do you, you want to know what, what he's doing for the illini basketball team sure Sure, why not? He's averaging 21 points per game. Good Lord. <laughs> 30 minutes. Um, seven rebounds per game. He's committed only seven fouls this season in five games. 20 assists, 14 turnovers, four steals, three blocks. Shooting 71% of his free throws. Nearly 50% of his three-pointers. He's 15 of 31. And he's shooting 54% from the field, 31 of 57. Well, it, um, I, I so think good for him. I like yeah, him enough. Like, 
Good for him. Well, uh, and McCullough can suck it. <laughs> well, the thing with, with Shannon is, is he had the sense to not stick around in the big 12 and to not go to Kansas <laughs> of all things. I, I mean, you More know, then whine the, about like the players or the, the, the fans being like, man, screw you. He's like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. and then yeah. oh gosh, McCullough, you just went full on crybaby mode. We've, we've had guys transfer within the conference and it's been to places like, uh, I mean, we've got a guy on our team that was at OU. I don't think got our team from Texas. Yeah. I mean, and, and we've had guys go to Oklahoma state or go to TCU. Um, I was almost said Houston, but I'm a year too soon. Um, so it, <laughs> Kyler it's Edwards, not, yeah. yeah. So it's, there's something about going to Kansas that really didn't sit well with folks, um, on top of him being a starter and on top of just kind of how it all happened. Um, but then here's Shannon up there in the great Midwest, totally kicking ass. And almost everybody's like, just like you did. Hey, good for yeah. you, man. How about you? Go for it. You I know, mean, I mean, and you kind of hope to that. I would kind of hope to meet him in the tournament, but it wouldn't be like an ill will thing. You know, it, it would just be a great storyline. I would totally eat it up. Uh, I, I think that would be just a blast if somehow something like that happened. I mean, but, I, I, uh, I do kind of wish he was scoring 21 points for us. Oh, sure. Our game. Yeah, I mean, that part does hurt a little bit. We could use a little offense this afternoon. Not going to lie, but, a, you know, he wasn't as consistent here. And I don't know if it was the offense. I know that he was injury played last year. I'm not going to downplay that. Uh, especially well, his role, it, what, like what he was asked to do. Right. And especially his back injury. Wouldn't, didn't he have a, like a yep. nagging back injury? I mean, that's brutal, man. I've dealt with of that just like a minuscule amount of that enough to know that, oh my gosh, this can affect your everyday life. If, if no matter what you do for a living, if you play basketball, my God, it affects everything. <laughs> it affects everything. So anyway, I, 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 I am legit, you know, pretty happy to hear that about how he's doing. I'd, I'd seen some rumblings on Twitter here and there, but I had not looked into it. So yeah, if, if they meet up, it's not going to be a bad blood thing for me, but you know, every time, Kansas and Texas Tech square off, which is at least going to be twice, possibly thrice if things go a certain way in the Big 12 tourney. So I will definitely not feel like love in my heart for yeah. McCullough on the other side. You know who's not down, though, this year in Big 12 basketball, Michael? Texas. Oh, I know. They look, I know, man. They look pretty good, man. <laughs> Woo. So let, yeah. let, let's just enjoy the fact that the first year that beard was in Texas, we, we swept him. Okay. We've got that. Cause he, he may even that series this year. <laughs> they are. Yeah. The, the, this is probably what they expected or what, what they wanted their program to look like. Um, it hurts that he did it so quickly. And of course you can do, you can do these type, type of things in basketball a little bit more quickly than you can in, in like football, you know, rely on well, the, the brand and the, the, the athletic department and the budgets, all that kind of stuff. But well, and it's not like they were bad last year. I mean, they no. were 
contenders immediately as far as within the conference. I mean, it, it wasn't, yeah, it, that, but they, um, I think fans probably expected more what they're seeing right now. And I still think it's a little early to, to make, to say too much, but man, what little I've seen of them so far. Yikes. Now, part of it is, is a result of their schedule, but like they're giving up like 30 something points per game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're all huge. Yeah. All right. Let's try, let's wrap this up. Talk about some, some Thanksgiving, man. I'm, uh, like, I'm ready. How, how have we not talked about Thanksgiving foods more? I don't know. Let's do it. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. Here on the notes, you say un- early Thanksgiving is underrated. Does that mean like within the calendar itself as it falls a little early in the month? Or yes. you, you've had some like school Thanksgiving lunch opportunities that you, you thought were pretty good? Because we, we had our Thanksgiving lunch at school. They served maybe the best green beans. I've had maybe ever. What What is it with that? Like, um, we did our school Thanksgiving. It was Wednesday of last week. So, uh, my wife and I met our five-year-old up there and Which is so much fun. It, it really is. It's a madhouse. It's insane, but it's fun. That's part of it. The, the, the meal was great. The meal was fantastic. Uh, I've no complaints. I love Thanksgiving. I love the traditional meals, all that kind of good stuff. So we had a good time there. But what I was getting by with early Thanksgiving is um, due to a lot of things going on in our family and stuff, we decided to do Thanksgiving Saturday. Oh, so we we had the legit family Thanksgiving on Saturday, which is why I wasn't on the radio show. Yeah, Rob and, asked me, um, like, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's doing something. I'm sure. Yeah. So we, I'm sure you told me we had the the legit family Thanksgiving then, um, went with mostly, uh, mostly pre-prepared stuff, which was a great way to go. Everyone made a, not everyone. I didn't. Um, but like my mom made a, like a few things and Allison made a few things and, uh, my mother-in-law is really sick. And so that's one of the reasons we weren't you know, we were scheduling and moving things around. So she got to, she was, she was having a good day. So she just got to come over and eat and hang out. But man, it was so good. Just do we went the old school Turkey. Well, we got Turkey from honey, honey baked ham, <laughs> honey glazed ham, whatever it's called. Yeah. I got you. Which seems ironic to do, but trust me, people, that's what you do. You get the turkey from there. It's thinly sliced. You just warm it up in the oven. It's got this glaze on it. It's insane. It's perfect for sandwiches. It's perfect for everything. And we've gotten that at least three or four times. And then we got Prater's sides for the most part, like the the dressing and the mashed potatoes. And we just made it easy on ourselves. My wife made a delicious tart. It was like a orange pomegranate Orange cream pomegranate tart. That's what she made. Great. My mom had we. She brought broccoli cheese and rice casserole, which is like my drug, and deviled eggs, both things. Um, uh, we had cheese rolls from Slayton Bakery. Uh, let's see. I'm sure I'm missing some other stuff, but really just like a traditional Thanksgiving. It was perfect. It was so good. 
and then there wasn't a ton of leftovers. So I had it again tonight and then I will have it again tomorrow for lunch and that'll be that. <laughs> nice. And we had pumpkin pie and pecan pie too. Well, so, so I did have my first pecan pie uh, of the season. I'm not usually a pecan pie person, but my brother, my, my S- Samantha's brother-in-law, let's put it that way. Her older sister's husband makes pies like crazy around this time of the year. Mm. He made like a dozen pecan pies this weekend. And we, we get together for Sunday dinner. He brought a couple. I was like, oh, I'm not, not usually a pecan pie person. That was so good. <laughs> yes. I love um, it. Yeah. So I'm, uh, we're, we're getting ready to go. We're going out of town, go visit my grandmother in Natchez, Mississippi. So we're leaving Tuesday night to Dallas, spend the night there and then going the rest of the way Wednesday. Um, I've talked about it. Like this is the, the basis from all of my, my thanks, our family's Thanksgiving traditions. Like we didn't get anything from my dad's side of the family in terms of meals and dishes or sides, whatever it all came from this side. So we're getting like, like into the roots of it. And then she's having her, her 90th birthday party on Friday. Um, yeah, that's a big week. So we're doing that. I, uh, I had the Thanksgiving lunch at school. All, all four of us went um, the only complaint I had, Michael, was the little butter they served for your roll <laughs> was still frozen. Oh, I couldn't spread yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's that happens sometimes. It comes, it was just so hard. You would be proud though. They were serving cranberry sauce, like the little tiny individual containers. I picked some mm-hmm. up. It was good. Again, I didn't have any say in like what was on my tray. It was like there was turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy. There was dressing there's green beans um like it just didn't fit anywhere like it was like i said by itself it was good but within the plate it was out of place but well, well you, you do about a turkey i try i tried it with everything man. I was like i don't know where this goes <laughs> you just a little bit of turkey a little bit of dressing it just kind of it just kind of shows up it just it just ends up places and it's good like, like I we said, had, we had that too. My mom brought that. She brought a, a, a can of it and, uh-huh. you know, you could see the ridges and everything. It's great. <laughs> like I said, it was good. It was good by itself. It was, it tasted great. I just couldn't figure out where it fit. Um, I will say the, the early Thanksgiving, we all enjoyed it. We like, we enjoyed that. It was like, oh man, cause now we've got this whole week. So we've got this whole week of time off and we don't have thanksgiving coming up and everything but uh it did throw us off because all of us had at least one or two or three things that happened during that day um uh, and i'll tell you some of them because one of them i was like oh i can't believe the mail ran today (laughs) thanks i mean so it was a bunch of stuff like that so i couldn't believe the mail ran we had someone come to our house trying to sell us something and i was like i can't believe they're coming here on Oh, Saturday. Okay. Everyone had that. There were, I think my mother-in-law was contemplating going by the store on the way home. And she's like, Oh no, but they're closed today. Aren't they? Like, no. So if we were bought in, man, we were all convinced it was Thanksgiving. And the best one was my wife called her dad to wish him a happy Thanksgiving. And she forgot that it was Saturday until he, right before he picked up the phone. <laughs> And so she's calling him on Saturday thinking, Oh, it's Thanksgiving. I need to call my dad. 
and uh, he's just like hanging out watching basketball on a Saturday. It's like, is everything okay? Like, oh, yeah, 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 is everything all right? So anyway, it's early Thanksgiving, totally underrated because you can and will, you'll surprise, you'll surprise yourself how much you think it's a random Thursday in November and, and you'll just completely throw yourself off and then you'll realize, oh man, we've got a whole week next week. So to eat Mexican food, probably. I'm about to say, let me ask you, what are you guys doing on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day? <laughs> well, there's this Christmas thing we want to take our five year old <laughs> to. We're ready, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I will be up in the attic, if not tomorrow evening, Wednesday morning, because I'll be off Wednesday. I'll be getting Christmas stuff out. And we will, we were ready. We are switching it over, man. So there's a Christmas thing in town. Thursday we might do that evening and then there's a new Disney movie that we've wanted to see and uh, strange worlds. I don't even know what it's called. It's an animated movie, but my five-year-old's into it. And so we're like, okay, so we might go do that on Thanksgiving. That might be what we do. And nice. I'm sure we'll see because both, you know, Allison and, and my mom both live here. So I'm sure we'll see them on Thursday or just stop by or something. But, but yeah, that, that's kind of the plan. See where see where it takes us. Watch some watch some Cowboys football. Yeah. Well, we'll be uh, eat a pizza. We'll be in Mississippi. Yeah. I do think we're going to try to take Samantha's graduation picture. I, I I don't know if we I talk about this a whole lot. She finishes. She's three weeks away from graduation, December 9th. Yes. Um, yes. She'll have her her master's in clinical mental health counseling. She will be a, an LPC. It's a licensed professional counselor. Uh, she'll be a therapist full on there. Like, well, she can begin that process. Well, I say that she'll be able to go sit for her boards or whatever, whatever they, that's actually called. They have a, an exam they have to sit for, for their licensure. Um, but even without that exam, she would be technically be considered an LPCA, so a licensed professional counselor associate. She can, she can go get a get a job in a clinic somewhere or in a, some kind of mental health provider capacity. Well, congratulations! Yeah, we're we're pumped. She, uh, like I said, she she worked ahead to get this week off because they didn't get this week off. Um, although they did cancel classes for her because she usually has online classes on Tuesdays. And both of her classes this term are going to meet Tuesday. It would have been like 4.30 to 7.30, which would have delayed us leaving until Wednesday morning. But um, So we've got this week, and she's got one full week after Thanksgiving, and then a majority of a week to wrap up and submit her final paper and get all of her hours and time logs turned in and all this kind of stuff. And then she'll be, she'll be graduating. She like her last day of classes on the eighth. Like I, I don't remember it being ever this quick from last day of class to graduation. Last day of class is Friday the eighth. Graduation ceremony is Saturday morning, the ninth. <laughs> so I don't know if it's, yeah, usually there's at least like a week, yeah, like you got like a grading period quick. in there and uh, yeah, got to figure out, but super proud of her. Uh, she'll be done with that. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. I know, I know I told you that she's pregnant again. Right. Yes. So we're having a girl. And I couldn't remember either. So I was over here just like, oh, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Because I can't remember if it was, <laughs> if it was recorded or not. Uh, no, it, it, it would have been fine. I'm, I'm not, we're not trying to hide at this point. I mean, she's in her third trimester at this point. If you saw her, you're like, dang girl, 
you're pregnant. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's pregnant. Um, so we're excited about that. She's due end of, end of February. So going to have another, another little one running around. Well, I guess it would be a while before she's running around, but we're having a girl. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Yeah. I'll give you tons of advice. I'm, I'm a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, man. Take it. Anyways, <laughs> that, uh, that went off the rails a little bit. No, not off the rails. It was, uh, it just evolved as most of our episodes do. That'll do it for us though. That on this week's 23 personal podcast, hopefully getting you ready for some Oklahoma Sooner football. Or, no, Texas Tech football, taking on the Sooners. And Texas Tech basketball with the game versus Louisville and let's just say Cincinnati. Let's put it in the, in, the, in the atmosphere. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.